Well, good day to everybody that's on this podcast and listening to us. Uh, this is Bill Stark, and I'm excited to be here at LeaderGov with our guest today, Ms. Melanie Winfield. She is the Assistant City Manager at the City of South Fulton, Georgia. So good to have you with us, Melanie. How are you doing? I am doing well. Thank you for having me. Oh, you bet. We're I'm so excited. excited to be here. Yeah, you know, I'm so excited to hear some of your thoughts on this topic today, which is commitment and how to get commitment from our teams and employees. And so before we jump into that, uh, I just wanted to ask you first, if you wouldn't mind, just give us, you know, a minute or so on your background in local government. What city did you come from? I know that you have some roots in Memphis, anything before that, and some of the roles that you played in, in local government over the last several years. No problem at all. Thank you for the opportunity again. Um, so, yes, my background in local government began with the city of Memphis as a baby lawyer out of law school. Um, that was my first real job was with the city of Memphis, where I began um, as the contracts manager overseeing federal grants. And then from there, I served as an assistant city attorney, where I advised varying divisions of the full-service city, which included the purchasing department, our finance department, HR, fire and police, public works, um, pretty much every department. So I often say I wore um, several different hats in that capacity. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I also served as the deputy director for um, the Workforce Investment Network, which is a quasi-governmental entity, but oversees the Federal Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act funds to prepare the workforce for um, in-demand jobs as well as provide services to businesses to assist Mm -hmm. them with training um, and retaining a qualified workforce. Mm -hmm. And then from the city, so I spent 16 years with the city of Memphis, and then from there I made a pit stop in D.C. where I served as the deputy director for workforce development there, Um, and leading their workforce development efforts, again, making sure that residents and citizens were provided quality training to prepare them for in-demand jobs in the area, but also assisting to meet the workforce uh, needs of the business in that area. And from there, here I am today um, with the City of South Fulton, where I serve as the Assistant City Manager for the past year and a half. And I'm very excited about the opportunity um, to develop this new um, and growing city and develop the systems and processes to help um, build a sustaining model for the city of South Fulton. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing some of that. You know, it has got to be terribly rewarding to be about the work of helping individuals in a community grow and become the people that they, you know, that they dream of being through workforce development. That's just got to be a terribly rewarding thing. And I, I want to thank you just for your commitment to all those individuals over the years who you've impacted in one way or the other because, boy, you're talking about life, aren't you? You know, your your sense of worth and value in the world is is so so much tied to how much you can give back through work. And it's just amazing to hear you talk about it. Well, thank you. I mean, it's been my pleasure. Um, I devoted my life to service. I look at, um, you know, any day 
all of us are one paycheck from being broke, so I look at it that any of us could have been the ones walking through that door needing that assistance to help prepare them to be able right. to do an interview or yeah. to be able to help them land those skills, I mean, um, hone those skills to be able to land that next opportunity. So, yeah. again, it is passion work for me, and I yeah. am just happy to serve. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I can hear it in your voice. That's awesome. And I hope the folks that are listening can hear that, too, that passion. Uh, we are public servants after all, right? <laughs> And so to have that servant heart of really helping those around us with you, Melanie, whether it's the people on, on your staff team or citizens, it's all about uh, caring for and, and serving uh, those in the community. So, well, good. Well, wanted to wanted to ask you about commitment. A lot of big topic. We are training on commitment, doing workshops and online training on commitment uh, here at LeaderGov. And just wanted to get some different perspective. Uh, question for you, where – where have you, you seen your team, it could be a current team or maybe in Memphis or D.C., where have you seen a, a really highly committed team? And, and how did that team's commitment impact the team members? What, what was the dynamic that was going on when you saw a healthy team, you know, like highly committed to their goals and objectives? Can you, can you share an, an example like that? Sure. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't highlight the current situation in which I'm in, as a new and developing city, I've seen uh, my team be highly committed in ensuring the success of this new and vibrant and young city of South Fulton. Um, as the city was transitioning from the county, um, many of my team members were there with the community advocates and the those residents who were determined to have their own, to chart their own destiny. And so the, that commitment has boiled over into um, the city of South Fulton's governmental services. And so it really drives the team to really be passionate about the work that they're doing and fully invested. It motivates and inspires the team to be better public servants. Um, that commitment makes them willing to go above and beyond their call of duty. I can't tell you um, the countless number of long nights um, that the team has committed to doing the work that is necessary to enhance the services to residents to make sure that we're serving them more efficiently and effectively than when they were prior served. Um, when, when we, I mean, then, then, excuse me, that when they were served prior to becoming a city. Right. I've seen a new a sort of newfound commitment that drives those team members who transition to the city from the county to be more innovative and strategic in carrying out their job functions in a way that uh, enhances services. For example, our public works team has reduced the, the time in which they um, maintain our right-of-ways from six to four weeks just since transitioning from um, the county. They were also, that commitment also drove them to repave uh, um, 70 miles of streets versus the 59 miles that were paved in prior year. So there we saw an increase in our paving of 19%. So, again, the commitment just really drives the team to go above and beyond and to do more than what was um, done in times past. Wow, beautiful. That's, that's so encouraging here. You are right in the middle of it, particularly uh, with your city, South Fulton, being a new city in Fulton County, Georgia here, um, but to hear how commitment and a high level of commitment creates this desire for incremental effort 
and a commitment to the goal and even exceeding the goal. And, and you're right in the middle of it, obviously, with a startup. That's, that's a great story. Well, uh, have you seen, I wanted, I wanted to ask you about clarity because one of the beliefs that we have and then one of the things we train on at LeaderGov is this idea that being clear, having clarity about your objective, your goal, helps grow commitment. If I'm clear on what you want me to do, I'm more committed to what you want me to do. Does that make sense? Does that resonate with you? Yes, indeed. You are absolutely right. Um, in my experience, I know that clarity definitely enhances and increases chances of commitment, whereas a lack of clarity causes confusion and an unclear vision. And so in that instance, you have people just wandering around and not really sure of what it is that they're to do or even why they're doing that. Mm. And so I find it as hard to commit to something when you are not clear as to what it is that you are committing to. It's like allowing someone to um, put a blindfold on and guide me on an unknown height. That can be a little scary and would make mm-hmm. me hesitant, hesitant to commit to that journey, whereas clarity provides a little bit more guidance and helps drive compliance. So in my prior role with um, the District of Columbia, I that was a goal set for my team, but and it was to increase the number of um, individuals who register in our apprenticeship program. So there was no, while there was an overarching goal, there was no specificity with, to the goal. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, we did what we thought we were supposed to do by, you know, there was a little effort to make a small um, notch on that um, goal. Mm-hmm. However, when the goal was revised to provide more clarity in terms of an exact number in which we were to increase that number of apprenticeships, then and also when there was um, clarity as to why, to be able to show people that when you enroll people in the apprenticeship program, they're not just sitting idly going through training, but they're actually earning a wage. And so it was a, a way for the team to really wrap their hands around and to become a a lot more engaged and committed into that. Right. So that definitely drove us to increase those numbers substantially versus when we weren't quite, when we weren't so sure as to what or why we were doing it. We made incremental um, yeah. successes, but it was nothing like whereas when we were told the exact number and the exact target that we had to meet and yeah. the exact reason why, then it was an easier sell for the team yes. to really get committed to that. Yeah, yeah, it seems so simple, yet so often we skip over this idea of just being crystal clear on, on what we're trying to accomplish. So great story. The other thing I wanted to ask you about is this idea of buy-in. And we we um, we talk about buy-in as part of our workshops and our online training. And here's, here's the concept. Um, I need to buy-in to this decision, this project, in order to commit fully. And in order to buy-in... I need to weigh in. In other words, I need to have a forum. I need to have some time in a meeting where you allow me, as your subordinate, to weigh in, to tell you what I think, to give you my perspective. So when I give you my perspective, I'm buying into the the project, which is going to grow my commitment. And so we encourage that. And I'm just wondering, from your perspective, you know, in meetings that you have with your teams, where you give them an opportunity to to weigh in, to, to ask critical questions, how have you seen that increase commitment to projects and plans? Oh, that's an awesome question. 
for me, employee buy-in is a primary driver for team commitment. It creates this sense of ownership and engagement that really motivates the employee to really perform and perform well. Hmm. I've seen where bought-in employees are more willing to fill in the gaps to make sure the work that the work that they're trying to accomplish is done. Um, because, like you said, they have some an ownership and they also have a stake in the game. So it definitely drives them to go above and beyond to really make sure that this task is being accomplished. Um, for instance, our economic development director is a one-man shop, but because he is fully engaged and granted um, autonomy to really do the work that it takes to develop economic development within the city, especially with the city of South Fulton, a, that encompasses more than 85 square miles and a population of approximately 100,000 residents, for this effort to be led by one individual and he definitely had to be fully bought in, quote unquote, if I can mm. use that term, fully bought in and invested in making sure that those economic development opportunities were here for the city. Mm-hmm. And so that full commitment and buy in has led to a number of initiatives coming to fruition in a short period of time by just that one man shop. Wow. Wow. For instance, our, we were able to increase our hotel motel tax, created a convention and visitors bureau. Um, implementing two Main Street programs in the area, developing our economic development strategic plan, and there are a host of other initiatives that have come to fruition, again, within this short one-and-a-half-year time span. So, again, the buy-in of an employee or team member is paramount to ensuring full commitment to the um, charges at hand. Yeah, we um, uh, th- thank you for that. That Those are really good specific examples. And I wanted I did have one last question for you about commitment. It has to do with team meetings. You know, we're in meetings a lot and, and 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 one of the things that we like to encourage supervisors, managers, directors, when you're in a meeting with your team and you're talking about a project or some plan, a couple of things you want to do next month, <clears throat> to end the meeting by going around the table and asking each person individually, are you clear on what the goal is? And do you understand it? And have you had a chance to weigh in properly? And do you need any more information to be fully committed? So we, we like to encourage people to ask that kind of question, you know, at the end of the meeting. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and actually at, let people answer the question. Yes, I'm, I'm committed. I don't have any more questions. And so for, to a, to a young supervisor out there, Melanie, to a young director of a water department or to a, a new city clerk that's listening to this podcast right now, what would, you, what would be your encouragement to them in this area of meetings, sort of like staff meetings, to, to, to go around the table and get the team to, to, um, you know, to respond, that they, that they are clear and that they have bought in? Do you have any sort of final thoughts on, on, on getting the team to, to vocalize their commitment to a project? Um, most definitely. So my suggestion or my recommendation to a new or aspiring leader would be to not be the biggest and loudest voice in the room. Take mm. a step back, take a seat back, and allow your team members to lead most of the conversations and to do the dialogue. That creates an opportunity where 
um, your team is more open to discuss their projects that they're working on and foster collaboration organically, where right. sometimes you have to force collaboration. But if you're allowing them to dialogue amongst each other, it fosters uh, organic collaboration. And it creates an environment where the team can generate ideas and brainstorm solutions to address the challenges that they have. Um, one challenge that one team may be having, another one may not have even been aware of that. But once they're fr able to freely express those challenges and mm -hmm. projects that they're working on, yeah. others can wrap around and then identify and help them identify solutions to those yeah. problems. Yeah. So I would just say take a step back. and don't, You don't have to be the biggest or loudest voice in the room. Allow your team members to lead and dialogue, and they will oftentimes come up with the solutions. And, again, once they are bought into it, then they're going to be fully committed to seeing it go, seeing it to the finish line. Well, I love that. I think that is so wise to let the wisdom in the room, mainly your team, collaborate, solve the problem. When you solve the problem and figure out the milestones or whatever it is you're doing, then then by de facto you have bought in because you've created the plan. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> that is exactly. that is, and and the leader doesn't have to be heavy-handed or in the in the mix of every moment or every conversation because it's the team that has the wisdom and and that way they can own it and be committed to it that that's really that's tremendous wisdom we we always do want to try to think about uh, directors managers supervisors who are new in their role and just ways that we can help them um, you know grow as a as a young leader so thank you for those those words and thoughts I really appreciate. Thank you for taking time today, and I wish you all the best with um, with South Fulton. It is a great city. I've been privileged to be there several times and interact with some of your team members, and I've been very impressed. And I just really want to say thank you for being a part of, of, of creating something new and wonderful in that part of Georgia. And again, it was great, great, great having you, having you today, and thank you for everything you shared. Thank you, Bill, for this opportunity. And let me also thank you for the great work that you and your team are doing, not only within the um, city of South Fulton, but beyond. I mean, you are a great partner, a great resource, and just this podcast in, in and of itself demonstrates your commitment to public service and developing leaders to be better public service. So thank you for all that you do. Oh, I appreciate that. You have a wonderful day and have a great holiday Christmas season, okay? You too. Thanks, Bill.